And now, it's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Welcome to Making Kayfabe, the podcast where we reimagine pro wrestling's missed opportunities and predict how they could have been made just that little bit better. My name is Bryce and with me today is my good friend Dylan and this is our first episode, the pilot if you may. Dylan, how are you today? I am absolutely fabulous my friend, how are you doing? I am equally fabulous, I am... Oh. Really looking forward to this. We've been planning this for two two years now. Long and it's time, long mm-hmm. time. It's finally coming to fruition. So, um, we'll, we'll take you guys uh, through the idea of the show. So, uh, the idea of the show is that we're we're going to take one glorified missed opportunity in wrestling per episode. Um, we're going to review the build up to it. Um, you know what actually happened and what uh, in a perfect world should have happened in our own humble opinions uh dylan and i will switch between host and co-host each week so uh, one week dylan will take the lead and one week i'll take the lead and we've got a lot in the tank to keep this thing going for a for a very long time so we hope you're hope you're in for joining us for the journey exactly man i hope you guys are ready for uh ready to hear exactly what we got to say because we got a lot of things to say about this there's a lot of there's a lot of things to say there's a lot of history to rewrite so um Without any further ado, we're going to try and avoid uh, too much pissing about at the start of each episode. So I'll be taking episode one. Uh, so shall we go ahead and jump into making kayfabe, my friend? Let's do it. Nice one. Let's start this. So episode one, my my, my kayfabe creation today is about a man who has been on the lips of every wrestling fan for years, despite not actually wrestling a match since early 2014. Um, he's been through lawsuits, he's been through, uh, he, he's been the reason for blue balls all over the wrestling community, but, but before that he was the best in the world. Today I'm going to be talking about Viscera. <gasps> sorry, finally, C- oh, CM Punk, sorry, oh. the, the other best in the world, sorry about oh. that, um, I, I get those two confused all well, the time. It's because Viscera is dead, so now Punk is technically the best in the world. Well, yeah, that's it, that's it. So when Viscera unfortunately passed away, CM Punk claimed that title. So, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 I miss, miss hearing those, those Viscera pipe bomb promos, I really do. They were something else, weren't they? I remember when he was like in ROH and just kicking ass there. And That was crazy times when he did that moonsault off the balcony. Oh, I remember oh, that. Dude. Yeah. It- yeah, and the 450 splash off the cage, and yeah. All they those. said he couldn't do it, and he did it. What did he do? He went ahead and did it. Just did uh, it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, th- there's many, there's many storylines and eras of punk slash viscera um, I could have chosen from, and the likelihood is that we're going to revisit a lot of them in the future, but the era that I've chosen is from June to August of 2011. So, do you remember what punk was doing then, Dylan? Uh, he was fighting Viscera in Ring of Honor, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, aside from that, obviously. Yes, I do remember what he was doing back then. That was... Um, well, that's pro- possibly the most famous part of CM Punk's career. Yeah. Um, that, that era when he was going into Money in the Bank and um, was fighting. He was trying to fight just to kind of keep his place at the top of the card. Yeah. And his contract was running out. And so they decided to come up with a with an interesting storyline. 
to go along with that. That's it. Yeah, he, he was dropping pipe bombs and threatening to leave WB um, way before he actually did, by the way. Um, it was all the rage of wrestling and uh, wrestling fans were salivating at the, at the thought of him going back to Ring of Honor to be you know, in direct competition with WWE. Uh, honestly, sort of, sort of like how people felt when Dean Ambrose, uh, John Moxley left WWE and ended up in AEW. I wouldn't say that's too dissimilar from the reaction Punk would have got if he actually left WWE back then. So, so that's where we're going to focus. So, we're we're going to go through what did happen um, first. So, we're going to review kind of a, a four episodes of Raw, um, kind of before um, before Money in the Bank, and then we're going to kind of do a bit after it, and now I'm going to figure out how we're going to rewrite that and make and make a new, a whole new history out of it. So, um, so yeah, let, let's go for it. So, I'm going to start on the June 20th of Raw. So, there was a very special theme to this Raw, and it was the, it was a power to the people episode. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. My friend, you didn't have to watch this. I did. Uh, <laughs> you didn't I, have to watch it. Oh, but I, I, I like to torture myself. So very similar. So it's very similar to the likes of Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Sunday, where WWE uh, they used to let fans choose the match stipulations or participants via text message. Um, sometimes the match stipulations would vary dramatically, but also sometimes fans were given the choice um, to choose between a an Extreme Rules match. B, a street fight, or C, a no disqualification match, which are all basically the same thing. Pretty much the same thing, yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Do you, do you remember this era? I do, I do, um, because I'm a big CM Punk fan. So, um, th- like, Punk was what got me back into wrestling. Mm. Um, I'm watching the WWE, so, yes, I do remember this whole, not necessarily the part of the people's show, but I do remember, like, Cyber Sunday and Taboo Tuesday and you know all that all that guff you know yeah there's a lot there's a lot of it back then like WWE were very into the whole social media and uh, bigging up uh, trending on Twitter and yeah. uh, you know doing like Twitter things. Thursdays and Wikipedia Wednesdays that's and, it and uh, Facebook Fridays and, Facebook Friday know, that's a good yeah, one that's it there we go uh, so <laughs> they were always basically like the power to the people choices they were always the most rubbish choices like you'd never get to choose between say a ladder match a casket match or um a hair versus hair match you know matches that actually have severe consequences it was always like really guff choices um and and on that note so on that show we had alberto del rio versus Rey mysterio versus cm punk triple threat match for the number one contendership to john cena's wwe title what's your best guess for the match types the wwe universe could choose from for this triple threat match all right so i gotta pick three pick three what's your best guess well it's a triple threat match so we're thinking what would be a really good triple threat match probably i'm gonna say there's gonna be like a like a like a street fight or something it's yeah, be up fair, there. fair play. No DQs on there. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, I'm thinking like maybe like a triple threat cage match or something. Ah, you're shooting way too high. This is this Dude, is, this is too, okay. That's okay, too, that's too interesting. We in myself. We in back in like submission only match. <laughs> yes, that's actually one of them. Shut. <laughs> what? You've What's, got one more to go. I've I, I total whoa, whoa, whoa. faith you can do this. Wait, one second. What's Rey Mysterio's submission finishing move? 
619. Oh, yep, that'll be that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, tap, it was six one nine. He just taps out like that'll do. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting kicked in the face again. No more. No more. And then the so. third one. Let's see. Um, I'm gonna say Kendo stick on a pole match. Uh, unfortunately not. So the other one was a false count anywhere match. Mm. So the A yeah. A was a no disqualification match. B was a false count anywhere match, and C was a submission match. And the <laughs> WWE Universe voted in favor of the false count anywhere match with a sixty six percent. Uh, uh, majority vote. No disqualification got twenty three percent, and submission match got eleven percent. Um, they just don't like submission wrestling. These they smarts. Don't. They don't know what they do. they don't know what they want. You know. That's it. Got got goddamn marks. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we are them. We um, are, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Lawler on commentary claims that they, they received hundreds of millions of texts for this match, showcasing oh. the, the popularity of texting way back when. In the match, Alberto Del Rio got pinned by CM Punk in the middle of the ring during a false get anywhere match. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Uh, falls cut anywhere, including the ring. They do, they do count in the ring, so that is that is anywhere, I suppose. <laughs> so like, <laughs> they were anywhere, um, and that was after Rey Mysterio hit um, Alberto Del Rio with a top rope splash. So CM Punk basically came in, shoved Rey Mysterio out of the way, and then pinned uh, Del Rio. Um, you know what a heel! Sneaky. So. Yeah, yeah, sneaky. Uh, Punk Punk grabs a mic and then cuts a promo. So I'll paraphrase some of this. So. He says, July 17th, 2011 will be the most historic day, not only in the career of CM Punk, it'll be a historic day for WWE as a whole. Not only is it the second annual Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but it's the night I beat John Cena for the WWE title. July 17th is the day my contract with World Wrestling Entertainment comes to an end. When the clock strikes midnight, the 17th becomes the 18th, Sunday bleeds into Monday, I'm leaving, and trust me when I tell you, I am leaving with the WWE Championship. Fucking huge announcement. A breath of fresh air for the the arguably stale landscape of WWE in 2011. Just a, a huge segment, like one that would change the face of wrestling for 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 the next month or so. Um. Anyway, guess what? Um. Rey Mysterio got a new submission move. <laughs> no, but it doesn't. It doesn't even close the show. That's not even the end of the. Show. <laughs> That's like the opener or something, you know. Yeah, it's like it's halfway through the show, so it goes right on to advertising Cody Rhodes versus Daniel Bryan and another power to the people deal, Ooh. with the the WWE Universe getting the option to choose between a paper bag match, a no countout match, or a collegiate rules match. Speechless. What was the last one? Co- collegiate rules. I imagine it's like. You know, amateur wrestling almost. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, Very but interesting. We, we never found out because I skipped it. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Also featured was Vicky Guerrero competing in a dance competition against either Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler or Booker T. Uh, Inexplicably, 47% of the WWE Universe voted for Michael Cole with Lawler and Booker getting 39% and 14% respectively. At this point, Surely it has to be rigged. 47% of fans chose Michael Cole, the most detestable character in WWE television this era, over Jerry Lawler and Booker T. They, they picked him over Booker T. Booker T has his own dance move. 
It's his, yeah, it's Spinner Rooney. It's Spinner Rooney. His thing is to dance. That's a, it's his fucking thing. And the and, king has his move, the king of Rooney. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. And he only got 39%. Like, what is that? It's a, it's a damn shame is what it is. So, again, I had, I had to skip that segment. I just had to. Um, then we ended. So we're not even finished yet after that. I mean, we ended with an elimination six-man tag match. It was Christian, Alex Riley, and WWE champion John Cena versus The Miz, your favourite The Miz, <laughs> R-Truth, and world heavyweight champion Randy Orton. Uh, Team Cena won, and the show closed with John Cena and Randy Orton celebrating, despite being on different teams. Barely mention of barely a mention of Punk in the closing sequences. Oh WWE, what are you like? That sounds about right, though, doesn't it? Like that's part of why everybody got into this storyline was that constantly from day one they made it seem like they were going to do something with Punk. Like they made it seem that he was a bigger deal than they were letting on, but they also refused to do anything with him. That that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you're spot and, on. That's how they got into that situation. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's just it. Like it's it's typical that they you know they give him the number one contendership match. He's going to be in Money at the Bank. They've given him the storyline, and yet he's in the middle of the card, and they have other stuff <laughs> way ahead of him, and that doesn't make any sense. And it's all about like John Cena and Randy Orton, even though the story should be John Cena and CM Punk. That's it. The WWE kind of tend to do this a lot. Like they 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 end up booking themselves into a situation they never meant to book themselves into. Like, do you remember when Daniel Bryan didn't come out during the Royal Rumble and then the, the fans shit in the whole <laughs> match and then he ended up in the main event of WrestleMania and, like, you know, WWE did not intend for that to happen, but look what happened. Uh, you know, look what happened. I mean... Uh, because that, of because yeah. of people power. Because of, pe- uh, because of power of the people. Because people are voting people. on pa- paper bag matches and submission matches and, yeah... That's that's how we ended up there. So June twenty seventh for all. So at the time, I, f- I forgot about this actually before I before I um, started watching it again. But CM Punk was in charge of the new Nexus um, yes. with Mason Ryan, Michael McGillicuddy, and David Otunga. Um, you know, a, a literal who's that? A professional wrestling. Oh, um, the classics, man! The classics, the best the ones classic. of the Nexus. My my favourite Nexus is ne- oh, Nexusites, yeah. um, but yeah, up until up until the pipe bomb promo, he was actually cutting heel promos and insulting the fans with genuine heat from the crowd. Um, so June twenty seventh Raw, he he cut a promo on Shawn Michaels. Uh, so Shawn Michaels is standing in the room. CM Punk and the Nexus interrupt, and Shawn says to CM Punk, "So certainly we've got a lot in common. Lot in common. We don't smoke. We don't drink. We don't do drugs." to watch CM Punk quipped anymore, which I thought was great. That's a great line. Um, anyway, HBK catches a tongue off the speech and music out of nowhere. And then to my investigative horror, I discovered that this was the era of the anonymous Raw general manager. What a fucking shit show. Now, you see, that's the thing, man. That's what, that's what annoys me about it. Because like I said, I'm a big cm punk fan so like you know obviously the best time to be a cm punk fan is around about this time yeah however people forget like you know um around about 2010 2011 was heel michael cole and anonymous raw gm two of the absolute worst things that they've ever done ever and it's so hard to to go back and watch that stuff and then remember like it's like it, it really hits you hard you're like oh shit 
you know, it, I was going to watch a good match. And then I just remembered Michael Cole's a heel. And then he stands up and talks to the fucking podium, you know, and yeah. like, it, it, it almost ruins it. Like, you know what I mean? It genuinely does. I mean, I, I completely forgot that was a thing. I managed to erase it from my memory. And, like, I, I somehow must have skipped it the week before and not heard it. But literally, just as they're doing the promo, that kind of text text tone sounds. They're kind of doodly, doodly. Yep. I'm like, oh, no. Like, like <laughs> PTSD like, from, like, the anonymous Roger manager. You're, like, looking at your phone going, what? Did I get... And then you look up and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Michael <laughs> Cole approaches the, the podium. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So the GM via Michael Cole, as you say, and this, <laughs> it fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, he booked Punk in a match using the raw roulette wheel against, <laughs> of course, just gimmick after gimmick. Like it's like fucking Vince Russo booking um, against the mystery opponent, Kane. Uh, the man who, um, in kayfabe, remember, we're keeping it kayfabe and making kayfabe, uh, would be the reason that Punk never came back to WWE for over five years after chokeslamming him through a table during Punk's final appearance in the 2014 Royal Rumble. The match ended with Punk running away from Kane and being counted out. What a heel. Later that night, Punk interrupted a tables match between John Cena and R-Truth, helping Truth spear Cena through a table to win the match. And then it happened. The pipe bomb promo. Where do you rank the pink bomb promo in kind of wrestling history? I mean, it's got to be up there, pretty high. Mm. But here's the thing: like, the good thing about Punk is that he's always good on the mic. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, you can you can rank this as one of the best promos ever. But you also got to remember that like a lot of the time, Punk had nothing to work with anyway, and and made it work. Yeah. So like, you know, um, I I guess maybe because I've seen the pipe bomb so many times. Because I do love it, but like, you know, maybe I'm just getting a little bit jaded about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, it's great. Um, you know what? I'll have to I'll have to like watch it again because, you know, I might be like, mm, it's probably not as good as I remember it. And then I go back and watch it. I'm like, oh, it is as good as I remember it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I watched it on Raw. And to be honest, it, 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 it is as good as I remember it. It's, it's a great promo. It's like... To see him punk is such that's that charisma is like he's one of the best in the mic in the business, um, you know, uh, ever. I would say he he he's he's up there with Flair. He's up there with, you know, um, you know all all, all the best of them. So the Rock, he's up there with um, Cena. He's up there with uh, Hogan. He he's one of the best interviews in, in wrestling. Ever. Oh, he's, da- he's definitely Roberts better than Hogan. He is a hundred percent better than Hogan. Oh yeah, I mean Hogan just shouted at the camera and covered <laughs> yeah, yep. Jack a lot. Um, <laughs> he did, yeah, he did. Not as good as his predecessor, Viscera, but I mean, uh, wow, you know, we, we can't all be as good as Viscera. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I think that if you're listening to this podcast and you know wrestling, um, you know what the pipe bomb promo is. Uh, yeah. If if you don't, go and look it up. It's it is genuinely one of the best promos ever cut. Yeah, just like we're not even going to do it justice by even like trying to do it. Just go to YouTube, type in. CM Punk pipe bomb promo. You'll get you'll get the goods. It'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- during the promo, he mentions other promotions as well, which was just not done back then. Uh, he says, um, maybe it's, they're talking about the WWE Championship. Maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor, uh, which we'll touch on later. Uh, hey, Kokabana, how are you doing? He also said that. Uh, and then, then Punk's mic gets cut and the show ends. So at this point. 
Punk's leaving. Um, you know, it's all over the internet. There's plenty of speculation. Nobody quite knows whether he's re-signed with WWE or not. Um, all the wrestling forums are going crazy with mad theories about where Punk goes next. Uh, Brian Alvarez notes on the June 28th figure four weekly that Punk uh, has been pulled from all posts um, July 17th house shows. And the writing crew has been told that he will not be available for TV after that date. So, you know, WWE are going a long way to sort of work everybody, I suppose. Um, they've literally pulled him from all house show advertisements. They've told the writing crew, stop writing for CM Punk after the uh, 17th of July. Um, they're going really into this. Yeah, that was the best thing about it, was the real sense of, like, of realness and realism to it where like nobody knew what was going to happen like that's something that we really miss from wrestling these days i think that real like you know realism to it and um i I remember those days they were a lot of fun you know because everybody was i was like yeah he's he's gonna leave yeah you know um i didn't really think that they would do anything good with it because they very rarely do you know but yeah i was convinced myself at the time i remember thinking exciting times like, I genuinely thought he was leaving as well, and then, well, we see what happens. But um, J- July 4th for all, uh, it kicks off with John Cena in the ring. Uh, he announces that CM Punk has been suspended. Um, so he says CM Punk has been suspended indefinitely for speaking his mind. Um, as a note, by the way, CM Punk doesn't appear in this show at all. Cena doesn't want an answer from the anonymous Rod general manager. He's going over the anonymous Rod GM's head and going straight to Vince McMahon for making this decision. Uh, Cena demands that Punk is reinstated, and bearing in mind this is where the w- this is where WWE were literally doing anything to get Cena cheered. Uh, he says that he wants to face CM Punk despite his contract being due to end hours after their match. So. Vince comes out to confront Cena at the end of the show. He says, CM Punk is just that, a punk. And he explains why he suspended Punk. He says, if CM Punk defeats you, John Cena, he's going to walk out of here. The next day, CM Punk is going to walk into some other wrestling organization saying, see what I walked out with. I'm going to be embarrassed. I will not be embarrassed. Cena uh, talking about how Vince thinks the WWE title will be meaningless if Punk wins it says if you just kick Punk to the curb you've already made it meaningless Uh, he hands the championship over to Vince McMahon and walks away enraged Vince McMahon calls after him he follows Cena up the ramp and gets in his face he says CM Punk's reinstated you've got your match if CM Punk walks out of Chicago with the WWE Championship, I'll walk right down that aisle and look right in your face and say, John Cena, you're Was this just a, a big excuse for you to pull out your Vince McMahon impression? Yes, this, this whole podcast this whole is an podcast. elaborate excuse to, for me to bring up a Vince McMahon impression. Yeah. It's very good. Thank you, very thank good. you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I might even play a soundbite on top of that to make it sound even better. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the stipulation on the line. So CM Punk wins, he leaves the WWE title, and uh, Cena, uh, you know, he gets fired. Um, so right, another, another so you, you, can, the fire. you can see why a lot of people were like, well, CM Punk definitely isn't winning now. Mm. Because why would they fire... Even in, in kayfabe, like, why would they get rid of John Cena? You know? Exactly, exactly. It doesn't make sense why they would do that. 
Um, and it doesn't make sense what they've done afterwards either. But <laughs> I mean, that's we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> July 11th Raw. It's the go-home show for Money in the Bank. So CM Punk opened the show. He walks down that ramp with a megaphone in his hand, uh, just in case his mic gets cut again. Uh, he cuts another good heel promo, uh, mentioning such things as making WWE relevant to the real world, not the WWE universe, because they don't really matter. Still a heel. Uh, tonight, there's a live contract negotiation between CM Punk and Vince McMahon. Uh, Cena comes out, cuts a standard kind of Cena promo, and then the anonymous Raw General Manager pipes up, for fuck's sake. Mr. McMahon is en route to negotiate with CM Punk, Michael Cole announces. Cena is asked to stay in the ring as he'll be competing in a very special match. We cut to a commercial break and then when we're back, we learn that Cena has been booked in a handicap match against the WWE Tag Team Champions, David Otunga and Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> you, you, you can probably guess what happens. Cena, Cena defeats them with ease, um, pinning McGillicuddy with an attitude adjustment. Um, yeah. Even in 2011, WWE didn't give a uh, didn't give a shit about protecting their tag team champions, um, which is still happening today. And yeah, tag team wrestling is basically a joke in WWE. Um, at the end of the show, we have the contract negotiation. So Punk demands a lot of things. He he demands so it's him, Vincent Man, and a table in the middle of the ring, uh, and they're negotiating the contract. So Punk demands his own private jet. He demands his face on everything from the titantrons to the turnbuckles to cups to socks and to bring back uh, the WWE ice cream bars, which got a massive pop. Uh, he, he demands that WWE films start production on CM Punk the movie. <laughs> and he demands, yeah, he demands the main event of WrestleMania, which was currently John Cena versus The Rock, to be whatever match CM Punk competes in. And that Vincent Mann has to apologise for suspending him. There was also a, a funny, uh, interesting line from CM Punk in the promo. Uh, he says to Vince, you don't know what makes a superstar in 2011. You don't know what these people want. Fast forward eight years and not, not a lot's changed. Yeah, man's not wrong. Mm. Man's not wrong. Man's not wrong. And yeah, and they were very, very loud. Uh, we want ice cream chance, which, yeah, wrestling. <laughs> to be fair, though, I still want those ice cream bars. I, I I never did you ever have one of those ice cream bars? Not uh not a WWE one, but I've had ice cream bars before and I love them. So tell me tell me about them. An ice cream bar, it's just like it's literally just a big bottle bar of ice cream. All right, but Great. like the like the like the WWE ones had like you know like that have little faces on them. Oh, of and course. Like, so you so like yeah, so like The Rock or CM Punk or whatever, and the faces would be made out of like you know like caramel or something in the um in the ice cream. Right, I see, I see, and, it would, I see. and you'd hold it like, um, um, I guess kind of like an ice cream sandwich. I don't know, I can't remember if there was like a, uh, anything over the top. I think it was just like pure ice cream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you know, an ice cream with CM Punk's face on it. I'm all, all over that, man. I'd, I'd eat the hell out of that. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Cena interrupts, uh, calls Punk a hypocrite for hyping up the fans and getting them on his side, uh, says that all CM Punk wants to do is win the WWE title and walk out. And uh, in a line that I don't understand because I don't follow baseball, CM Punk accuses Cena of becoming the New York Yankees, um, which inexplicably causes Cena to deck Punk. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking levers him. Uh, Punk leaves the ring and after... 
uh, getting punched in the face, uh, retreats up the ramp and cuts a, another mini, mini pipe bomb. He says, say goodbye to John Cena, say goodbye to the WWE Championship and say goodbye to CM Punk. I'll go be the best in the world somewhere else. Uh, excellent line to close the show. Um, I, I'll say it right now. I know that I'm rebooking this, but up to this point, the storyline has been pretty much perfect. I mean, uh, it's an incredible, unique feud. Uh, WWE needed this feud in 2011. What do you make of things so far? I think you're right. Like At the beginning, whenever we find out that Punk was going to be fighting Cena, and that happened in like the mid, you know, the middle of Raw, in almost like a throwaway fucking thing. Mm. I was like, this sounds typical WWE. But then once you kind of get, once they start giving the right time and the right attention to the storyline, it you, then you start to understand like the the gravity of it. And they had the right guys involved: CM Punk, John Cena, both know how to talk and both know how to hype up a match. So. You know, they they quickly put the, all of the pieces into place to get you interested in the main event, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. Exactly, uh, it, it generally was one of the most hyped kind of uh, matches of that of that kind of period, and probably mm-hmm. the most hyped match because it was just nobody knew what nobody knew what was going to happen. Right. But yeah, we move on to Money in the Bank, um, July seventeenth, two thousand eleven. Uh, so, yeah, as well as uh, the big money match between CM Punk and John Cena, uh, the show featured happenings such as Christian uh, defeating Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship via DQ. Um, there was a, a rule uh, stipulation in the match that if uh, Randy Orton got himself disqualified, that Christian would become champion. Um, we've got Mark Henry defeating the big show. We've got Alberto Del Rio and Daniel Bryan uh, winning their respective Raw and SmackDown Money in the Bank matches. And in a match that is a main event in any country, Kelly Kelly defeated Brie Bella. Oh. For the Divas Championship. Yeah. Oh, how about that, man? Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Meltzer gave it five stars, I'm pretty sure. Well, he yeah, he's a fucking Kelly Kelly Mark though, so yeah, he is. Uh, you know, it's always said Dave Meltzer's favorite wrestlers, you know, uh, Tanahashi, Omega, Kelly Kelly, Kelly Kelly. You know, yeah. the, the list goes on. Um, but jesting jesting aside, the Money in the Bank uh, 2011 has gone down as one of the greatest um, PPVs of all time. So um, obviously, the main event was a uh, CM Punk versus John Cena. Um, legitimately, the match was uh, given high praise by Dave Meltzer, who gave it five stars. Um, so even though Kelly rare... Kelly wasn't in it, even though Kelly Kelly wasn't in it, and it wasn't in Tokyo Dome. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insanity. But um, by the way, and just as a, a sidebar of research, um, I found this quite surprising. So to this date, um, not counting NXT, there's been no other five star match, uh, five star rated match in WWE since. Not one. Says a lot, doesn't it? But also, yeah. also, I'd like to 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 ask this: When was that? 2011, right? Yes. Also, since that date, how often have John Cena and CM Punk fought each other in a one-on-one match? That's a good point. I, I do remember once there was an episode of Raw, and I remember this only because in the match, CM Punk hit John Cena off a pile driver. Um, and the, 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 the fans went crazy because like power drivers like a band move in WWE remember yes. um, and CM Punk hit him with a power driver so I think they got 
fine for that or something but that was a really good match as well i can't remember what the context of the match was it was maybe like a year later or something but um it was a great match but i don't know if it got five stars or not but um but yeah not not one five star match in wdb like jo- johnny gargano and uh, versus Andrade versus uh, Adam Cole versus Champa and uh, NXT got all the five stars, um, but yeah, um, not not one in actual main main um, main show WWE got a five star rating. That's insane. It's kind of crazy, yeah. Yeah, whereas New Japan are cranking them out daily. Um, as as we're recording this, the G One's actually happening. So um, there's a lot a lot five star matches there. Anyway. Um, the, the match was spectacular, um, and I highly recommend going back and watching it if you get the chance. It's uh, it's all there in the WWE Network. Um, free plug for you there, Vince. T- towards the end of the match, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis come out. Uh, CM Punk, distracted, gets caught in an STF by John Cena, and McMahon starts frantically waving at the timekeeper to end the match, just like the last time somebody was leaving WWE with a championship, Bret Hart. Uh, John Laurinaitis runs over to the timekeeper's area but he is floored by Cena uh, after he breaks the hold on Punk and exits the ring and not wanting the match to end that way Uh, Cena shouts at Vincent Mann gets back in the ring and boom gets hit with a GTS for the 1-2-3 CM Punk is the new WWE champion Um, amazing like amazing moment Vincent Mann gets in the commentator's headset he demands for CM Punk's music to be cut. He then demands for the Money in the Bank winner Alberto Del Rio to come down to the ring and cash in on CM Punk. Uh, Del Rio, doing what he's told, runs down to the ring and gets roundhouse kicked in the side of the head by Punk. Punk then leaves the ring, enters the crowd, and we see what is probably my favourite shot in wrestling history. Uh, you know the one, CM Punk kissing McMahon goodbye uh, as yes. he holds the WWE Championship in his hand, the crowd all around him and just escaping through the crowd. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Um, F4W Online experienced a massive website crash um, as reported by Alvarez um, seconds after the free count um, basically due to the, the sheer amount of people logging on to the website to figure out what the fuck was going on. At the time, they, they did uh, record business for subscription sign-ups, so you know, everyone's wanting to figure out, find out what happened. Um, Brian Alvarez wrote in the July 19 Figure 4 Weekly, uh, it's rare, particularly these days, that you shoot an angle, everyone gets really excited about it, and then it pays off big uh, after CM Punk won the WWE title. Um, which, yeah, he's right. Um, mm. It's a really big payoff, but did it continue to pay off? That is the question. I mean, well, wow. I yeah. think we both know the answer to that. Well, well, I've got. A, let's find out. So, uh, you know, uh, undoubtedly, the, the scene of CM Punk holding the title and blowing the kiss goodbye is iconic, um, and yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, what Alvarez didn't know at the time is where we would go from here. So, where do we go from here? I hear you ask. So, the next Monday on Raw, um, true to Punk's claim that he was leaving WWE, there was no Punk. Um, apparently, uh, this is this was in the Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, t- to egg on the Punk chance um, that you sometimes hear even today. Uh, WWE had Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, get on the mic. Uh, just like seconds before the show started and warned the fans that Vincent Mann had outright banned the CM Punk chants, um, which is a genius move um, because obviously they're just going to chant them even louder. So, of course, um, there was a stipulation 
for Punk Cena match that Cena lost and Punk left for the WWE title. Uh, Vince McMahon would fire Cena. So Vince McMahon opens the show saying the crowd shouldn't chant CM Punk's name. Um, he walked out and everybody saying nobody is bigger than the WWE. Uh, Vince McMahon announces an eight-man single elimination tournament to crown a new WWE champion. So we've got an eight-man tournament, Rey Mysterio versus Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger versus R-Truth, Kofi Kingston versus Alberto Del Rio. Um, by the way, given that Del Rio was already the Money in the Bank holder, couldn't he just say, hey, this title was mine. I'll have that. Cheers. Um, but yeah, logic. And Alex Riley versus The Miz. So yeah, they had their matches. And the finals were basically uh, The Miz versus Rey Mysterio. Um, so before uh, the finals begin, Vince McMahon comes out for a promo towards the end of the show and gets interrupted by Cena. So remember, Vince said he'd fire Cena if he lost. Cena cuts a passionate promo about his love for WWE and uh, ah, and, and, a, and a shiny, a shiny moment. Uh, he makes a rare TNA reference on WWE programming, believe it or not. Do you remember this one? I don't think I do. Oh, it's brilliant. It caught me off guard as well. I wasn't expecting it, but he was talking about so his impending firing. Uh, he says, uh, if you make me walk out tonight, then I will walk on someone else's television show and keep doing this, brother. Um, you know, and a clear reference to Hulk Hogan uh, being mm-hmm. in power in TNA at the time. Um, so yeah. that was um, caught me off guard. Um, really cool. You don't, you don't see that. I mean, yeah, TNA never get mentioned. Like, did when like Sting came into WWE and when Kurt Angle came into WWE, like TNA was never ever mentioned. Uh, same with Samoa Joe, same with you know anyone who is AJ Styles. Um, you know, basically anything that's not WWE doesn't exist. Um, so that was weird to hear. So uh, Triple H then interrupts uh, to tell McMahon that the board is concerned about him. Uh, he informs Vince McMahon that he is being relieved of his duties. Uh, and then fans sing the na 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 hey hey goodbye as Vince, uh, you know, cries in the ring and the show goes off the air. And the July, so the July twenty fifth raw, the next week, kicks off with a match between Rey Mysterio and The Miz for the WWE Championship. So the first match of the show is for the WWE Championship. Um, Mysterio I wins. Miz is in it, and and The Miz is in it. Like you <laughs> love The Miz, don't you? Not even gonna comment. <laughs> the mids because this is it's too early in the show this is our first show it's way too early for me to start cursing at the Miz too much you know? <laughs> it's gonna happen but <laughs> oh, evidently i'm that's gonna be one of mine in the future it's just rewriting history where the Miz never existed <laughs> how to how to make a good storyline out of the Miz? you don't <laughs> it's, yeah just you fire him and then kill That's him. It. it doesn't exist, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mysterio wins, you'll be glad to know. Um, I'm and, very glad to know. Yeah, and begins one of the shortest WWE title reigns of all time uh, because shortly afterwards, Triple H announces John Cena as the first challenger for Rey Mysterio's title. That's right, he's not fired. They fight that very night and John Cena wins, making Rey Mysterio's WWE title reign roughly an hour long. Uh, CM Punk then returns with his new entrance music, cult of personality, and confronts Cena in the middle of the ring. This is the this is the aftermath of Money in the Bank, and what an absolute kerfuffle! And in, in the space of a week, you had the following: you had CM Punk, sorry, you had John Cena as WWE. I'm already confused. In the space of a week, you had John Cena was WWE champion, then CM Punk was WWE champion, 
Then CM Punk wasn't WWE Champion. Then there was no WWE Champion. Then Rey Mysterio was WWE Champion, but only for an hour. Then John Cena was WWE Champion, but then CM Punk returns as WWE Champion, and nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Right, like, this is what I was going to bring up, man. You know, it was, it was like, not five minutes ago that you were saying, this storyline's playing out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, how quickly... Bear in mind that this is this is the raw after Money in the Bank, so we're talking mm. like twenty four hours. Yeah. How quickly did they fuck that up? Like, here's the thing: once you realize that, like, once like Rey Mysterio winning the interim belt is okay, but then mm. once you see John Cena coming out and challenging Rey Mysterio for no reason, despite the fact, like you said, Del Rio is already the Money in the Bank holder, could easily have done this himself. Yeah, John Cena comes out, demands a match. Rey Mysterio gives it to him. John Cena wins. By this point, like alarm bells are ringing. Where I'm like, they've fucked it up already. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so already, perfect. you know that they've they've just screwed it up. That's it. And uh, yeah, by the way, Vince McMahon got fired as well, um, despite being the owner of the the company. Um, and and worst of all, the anonymous Raw general manager is still a thing. It's still a thing in the show. Um, but yeah, like just things went things were so great and they went so wrong. Um and yeah, in my opinion, and clearly what what you're saying there, yours as well, they, they screwed up the storyline at that point. It just wasn't as interesting anymore. Um things got too complex um too quickly. So so um yeah, I, I put my fancy booking hat on and pulled together everything I could I I could pull together to keep this um this storyline going. Um, so here it is. Here is making cafe. What should have happened? Uh, so are you ready for this, Dylan? Are you ready for what I've got planned? I am so excited because I got so happy about reliving CM Punk being champion, and then so like kind of brought down to earth with the the terrible booking from the Raw afterwards. So <laughs> now I'm excited to see how you're gonna like. Because let's to be fair though. Like it wouldn't be that hard to have pulled that storyline off to to a competent degree. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah, like, exactly. And and to to their credit, it takes an awful awful lot of stupidity to be able to fuck it up that badly. You know what I mean? If anyone can do it, it's WWE. And they did it, boy. How did they do it? So I'm I'm excited to hear how you like fill the cracks and fix their mistakes. You know? Well, here we go, man. So this is what I've, this is what I've got planned. So. Um, now, let's be honest, in 2011, wrestling was uh, pretty much as uncool as it's ever been. Um, you know, uh, The WWE didn't have Steve Austin or The Rock anymore, didn't have anyone like Hogan or Savage. Uh, instead, they had the anonymous Raw general manager and Michael fucking Cole. And um, The Miz. And The Miz! And they still got The Miz! Uh, that's never going to change. Uh, but yeah, TNA was being run, run into the ground by Hogan and Bischoff. Um, New Japan wasn't quite as hugely popular as it is these days, but you know mm. it was getting there with stars like Tanahashi and Naito and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, coming into the fold. Uh, boy, your your boy. Um, in the Indies, uh, ROH was at the forefront of the revolution. Uh, PWG was putting um, you know low key putting on the best shows. Um, of the independent scene and CZW was kicking about here and there too so my idea is what I believe could have led to a wrestling boom period uh, much like the Attitude Era but in 2011 so brief disclaimer here 
Uh, everything I'm about to say is completely my own opinion based on the research I've done. Um, I'm not a wrestling booker. Uh, I'm not involved with WWE or, or anything. Um, there are without a doubt going to be um, plot holes in this story, but I'm going, to, I'm going to do my best to wrap everything up. Yeah, the fact that this didn't happen and probably never would have happened allows me to go into the, the extra mile of trying to tell the best story I possibly can. So... So week one, um, you know, I, I like the idea of Justin Roberts um, just before the cameras roll making the announcement that Vincent Mann has banned the punk chants the night after Money in the Bank. Um, it really is the perfect way to uh, open the show after CM Punk has left. You know, loud CM Punk chants, so loud that you can barely hear the commentators. Um, turn up the volume of the crowd if you have to. You have to make it known that CM Punk uh, leaving is uh, you know, a phenomenally huge deal. Um, so here's what happens. So Vincent Mann comes out. Um, and is the first person to address the happenings of last night at Money in the Bank. He, he grabs a microphone and says something along the lines of, it's against my own will that I had to break this news because I feel as though I, I have done everything possible to prevent it, but uh, I can confirm that Phil Brooks, CM Punk, uh, has indeed signed an exclusive contract with Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, as such, Mr. Brooks is no longer part of World Wrestling Entertainment and we wish him the best in his future endeavours. In the same promo, he publicly fires John Cena. Cena's gone for now, out of the question. Gives the guy some time off. He deserves it after being on the road every day, putting on great matches, doing all the TV appearances and make-a-wishes and all the awesome stuff he does. Let him rest his body and come back when shit's getting real. Um, you know, it's senseless to promise his firing and not deliver it. Um, so he's out of here. He's fired. McMahon makes an excuse that WWE were caught off guard with Punk taking their championship over to a competitor in Ring of Honor. So uh, he's going to announce plans uh, on the WWE Championship next week, uh, live uh, Monday night on Raw. So, yeah. We don't need to rush this. That's the thing. I felt that WWE rushed the storyline too quickly when yeah. uh, in, in the kind of fallout of Money in the Bank. Take it easy. Like storylines, great storylines don't happen in the space of two weeks. Um, you know, you need to build this stuff. So, um, I mean, right now you've got over on SmackDown, you've got Christian as world champion. You've got Dolph Ziggler as US champion. Ezekiel Jackson, remember him uh, as yes. Intercontinental champion. You know, why, why did we need a WWE champion at this very moment? Um, you know, WWE's proven that even in the modern era, they can survive about a WWE champion appearing every week. And we see that with Brock Lesnar constantly. Um, let the news sink in that CM Punk is literally no longer with WWE and that he has the WWE Championship at Ring of Honor. Um, that's plenty to keep people interested until the next week. Now, I'll make my case for CM Punk ending up in Ring of Honor. Um, I'll touch on how and why he's with ROH in a few minutes, but I think it's important to get some background. So I've got a question for you. So who do you think was on the ROH roster in 2011? So I'm talking exclusive deals. Um, you know, by this time, uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, Chris Sabin, Austin Aries, and all the rest were snatched away by TNA. So who do you think was left in ROH in 2011? I'm talking like active roster. In Ring of Honor, I would imagine... You're talking Kevin Steen. Uh, yep. Talking El Generico. Mm hmm. You got the Briscoes. Uh, yep. Oh, shoot. Who else would be around then? Oh, good lord. 2011. 
Yeah, you've got you've got three of the main ones. Like, I've got. Do you want, do you want a full list? Colcabana was there. Colcabana was definitely there. He was there. Yeah, pre pre loss it, um, and and Punk's best friend. Uh, <laughs> pre best friend. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I'll, I'll give you a list. So you've okay. got three of the four of the main ones. So uh, Kevin Steen, like you said, of course, Kevin Owens, um, El Generico, of course, Sami Zayn. Uh, you've got the Young Bucks here. You've got Tommaso Ciampa there. You've got Kyler Riley, Jay Lethal, Roderick Strong, Chris Hero, Cassie Sono, uh, the Briscoes, as you mentioned. Cole Cabana, as you mentioned, Cedric Alexander, Jimmy Jacobs, Adam Cole, Eddie Edwards, David Richards, Michael Elgin, Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro, and Christopher Daniels. Literally a who's who of great professional wrestlers. That was a stacked roster in ROH. Yes, but yeah, I'll, yeah, not only are they great wrestlers, but they're, they're guys who would be great against a CM Punk. Yeah, exactly. People who could have a great match with CM Punk. Everyone on that roster who could have a great match with CM Punk. And like most of them, I'm pretty sure almost most of them made it to like a major promotion after that. Um, the Briscoes stayed with Ring of Honor, I know that much. Um, but Michael Elgin went to TNA. Um, obviously Cesaro and Owens and Zayn and um, you know Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, they all went to WWE and um yeah just uh, is a great roster and you know there's a lot lot to mine there one, one thing to mention that is during this time and I, I was surprised at this roh wasn't on tv um they didn't have a tv show so bearing in mind these events are in june uh, to august of 2011 so on april 4th of 2011 roh on hdnet uh, ceased airing after its hundredth episode, uh, only to return only return to television screens on the September twenty fourth of the same year, after it was purchased by Sinclair Broadcasting Group on May twenty first. The return to television was met with a lot of promise for this promotion, with Dave Meltzer saying in the September twenty sixth uh, Observer that the company is either going to be taking its biggest strides in its history over the next year, or it's going to be its biggest failure. It goes without saying that a wrestling company isn't going to get very far without television. Um, there's thousands of local indie companies in the world who are ticking away and making ends meet without television, but I mean, you've never heard of them. ROH was going to be away from television screens for a long time, and though this never happened, um, had potential to fade away into obscurity as its name was spoken less and less by wrestling fans until its re-emergence in September. So at the time... WWE had no real competition. T- TNA attempted to go head-to-head with WWE on Monday nights and failed miserably. There was nobody within reach of the powerhouse of wrestling. Everyone's arms were too short to box. God. Vince McMahon himself has been referenced many times in the past uh, to missing the competition that WCW gave him in the Attitude Era. Uh, he's a man who longs for competition. Uh, you know, Clearly, with TNA's efforts, the competition was never going to come until... 2018-2019 when AEW was announced. So what better way to get back the, that, attitude, that Attitude Era boom period than to make his own competition? So behind the scenes, Vince and WWE invest in Ring of Honor uh, in a very similar way that they helped uh, ECW uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s. You know, that whole thing with them having a deal with Paul Heyman and uh, you know financially supporting uh, ECW. Yes. Yeah, so uh, anyway, um, 
week two rolls around and um, yeah, we are um, yet to hear from CM Punk about his move to Ring of Honor. Um, sure, ROH have, have confirmed their capture of the WWE champion on their social media platforms, but Punk hasn't been seen or heard from since Money in the Bank. Vince McMahon, uh, keeping his word, opened the show to discuss the WWE Championship situation. And uh, what he plans to do now is that it's in the hand. What he plans to do now is in the hands of another company. Uh, frustrated, he screams to the fans, "This is what would have happened if I didn't screw Bret Hart in Montreal." You know, um, he threatens to strip Punk of the title and forgets he ever existed. He will be erased from the history books, and Money in the Bank 2011 will never be mentioned again. Uh, they're his history. They're his history books after all. He can do whatever he wants. Damn it. Hell, he can make himself the WWE champion if he wanted to. It's his company, it's his belt. He announces that CM Punk is, a, is no longer a WWE champion and that he'll be sending his lawyers to Ring of Honor to claim back the property that is rightfully WWE's. But then, cult of personality blasts through the arena. Vince McMahon looks up to the Titantron and there he is. It's CM Punk wearing an ROH t-shirt and holding the WWE championship on his shoulder. In the background, we see the names that we mentioned earlier, like Steen and Generico, um, Daniels, Briscoes, Cabana, um, you know, all of the ROH talent are sitting behind him in the locker room. Um, so McMahon is outraged and throwing a fit in the ring. Punk taunts McMahon, he says, classic Vince McMahon, there's, there's never a problem when you have enough money to throw at it, right? Don't you miss the good old days, Vince? The wrestling days? where WCW had you by the balls and you had to pray that they screw up somehow. You had to fight and scratch and claw for every opportunity you got those days. And there was no guarantee that your precious company would last until the next day. Now, life is easy. You're the biggest wrestling company in the world and all you have to do is reach into your wallet to bat away anyone who dares try to compete with you. The coward's way out. Are you a coward, Vince? Is this what you've become? This isn't a Vince McMahon I know. Where is the ruthless aggression, Vince? Ah, so Vince is furious. He's he's sweating, he's spitting, he's making all the kinds of facial expressions that only Vince McMahon can. He streams into the microphone, you know what, punk? If you're not going to give me my title back, then I'm going to come and take it, damn it. Get the hell off my Titantron. So, yeah. CM Punk's feed gets removed from the Titantron and Raw rolls on as normal. It's a normal show after that. It's not mentioned again. So here's the thing. ROH doesn't return to television until September 24th uh, with their annual uh, pay-per-view uh, Death Before Dishonor happening week, the week before that, on September 17th. So that, that gives you two months to put full focus into building yourself some proper main eventers. So there's no Cena around right now to take the spotlight, so it forces WWE to get fully behind guys who never really became the main event attraction they could have been. So, you know, have them get behind Rey Mysterio and his submission moves, um, you know, who, who sell like tons of uh, merch because of the mask, uh, because of his mask. Uh, let them push Del Rio, um, you know, as a ferocious heel who can take on anyone. Push guys like Sheamus, Jack Swagger, uh, Chris Masters um, up to the upper mid-card position and yeah, invest in Daniel Bryan because he's he's going to become a big part of the story soon as well. Um, in the meantime, have CM Punk wrestle at indie shows. Let him go to CZW. Book a match with him in PWG. Uh, if they allow it, let him go to New Japan. He, he defends the WWE title everywhere he goes. 
So two two months passed, and WWE has put a lot of effort into making some new stars. Now, I appreciate two months isn't a huge amount of time to make a megastar, but it's enough time to you know at least invest in some genuine emotion in characters. I mean, people like Ray and Alberto and uh, Johnny Mundo and r Truth, etc. Um, they already have a bit of star power. All they yeah. need to be is I, just pushed to the moon. Yeah, yeah. Just for just just for clarification's sake. I think two two months is uh, enough time because in the original um, Ring of Honor Summer of Punk thing, mm. when he did this the first time, you know, five, six years earlier, mm. he was only champion for the summer. Yeah. He was only champion from June t- uh, till August sometime. So it really only was champion then for two months, but that's all he needed. That's it. It's all you need. Like but, if you if you put things right, then you know yeah. if you keep things interesting and keep the fans guessing, then you've got you're you're, you're sorted basically. But you raise a good point because I'll bring this up maybe later later at the end. But whenever you're talking about building up new stars, because mm-hmm. you're right, like whoever beats Punk is gonna get a rub. Yeah, right? it's obvious because he's the heel and he's got a real good story, and they want like the the whole point of that is to take the championship off him. So whoever does take the championship off him. It's gonna look really good, right? Yeah, that's it. So yeah, that's exactly if, it. If you want, we could do this at the end, or we can do this now. But I'd be very interested if you know who the person was who beat CM Punk in Ring of Honor for the, the championship. Uh, I I don't actually know. You've got um, you've got two months. Like, how do we get the belt off this guy? What do we do? What's the best course of action? Hmm. So this is, is what the... this is what actually happened in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm starting to think was it. It's a really weird guess, but was it Jamie Noble? It was Jamie Noble. Yeah, was it, uh, yeah, I remember. I remember it, it, James Gibson or whatever he was called over there. But James I, I remember Gibson, him yeah. being. A, I remember him being a champion over there. So, I, I had no idea he beat he, he beat, he beat yes. Punk. I had no idea. So Jamie Noble beat CM Punk, the guy you know with no real push. Like he was a guy, but he wasn't really like, you know, big yeah. big name. Like for example, the guy Punk beat was Austin Aries, and the guy before that was Samoa Joe. Yeah, so like. So like legitimate uh, no not not, not that jamie noble wasn't legitimate but right. like synony- but his- synonymous names ROH. exactly and then guess who beat jamie noble uh nigel mcginnis close uh, brian danielson brian danielson bloody hell so uh jamie noble was champion for like just over a month and then danielson came in and like killed it for two years or whatever yeah. so you're like while the ring of honor one got the right story you know, it played for the right amount of time. Everything went well. You know, it doesn't it seem weird that the belt? I mean, I guess it's it's okay if the belt changes hands in a fatal four way like that. I mean, that's how it happened. It changed in a fatal four way. Like, wouldn't it have made more sense to for it to have been like a one on one to really put over that one star? Yeah. Wouldn't that have done way better for Jamie Noble? You know what I mean? That's it. I mean, it made him a, a bigger star. I mean, Jamie Noble is already. You know, we'll, we'll touch on this in another episode, but yeah. I, I really liked uh, Jamie Noble's run in WWE when he was like the kind of trailer park trash kind of deal with Nidia. And yeah. like, that was like my prime era when I was a kid watching WWE. Like, well, I loved is, that. He is a great wrestler. Like, I'm not having a go at, at him, but what yeah. I'm saying is that I feel like, as good of, as Ring of Honor is, I feel like they missed a trick there by really capitalizing on what could have been a good. The, the, the cultivation of a good storyline. Exactly, that's it. And like you know, it, it shows how easy it is to, you know, mess up a storyline that's been not not mess it up, but I mean to make a storyline less effective after you've been building this awesome story for a long time. You know, 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that hopefully we can find a better way to um, have Punk lose the title here. So let's, exactly. let's, let's keep reading. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, ROH's last pay-per-view before they go back on television was uh, Death Before Dishonor, um, which rose around on September 17th. So in the main events of Death Before Dishonor, you have CM Punk defending the WWE Championship against Alberto Del Rio who has the money in the bank briefcase meaning that you know he can get a shot at the WWE title anytime and most importantly anywhere even in someone else's promotion so yeah so Del Rio as touched on previously is the guy who won money in the banks so he's got the big red briefcase and uh, and he also tried to attack Punk before he escaped that money in the bank itself and um, so the thinking is that Vince McMahon sends him to invade Ring of Honor at their death before the Honor show, uh, you know, just before Ring of Honor comes back onto mainstream TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Del Rio enters death before the Honor to the biggest heel reaction ever. Uh, I'd imagine if this happened, it wouldn't be too dissimilar from John Cena at One Night Stand 2, um, you know, against Rob Van Dam. Um, but, yeah, both guys are very accomplished wrestlers and are capable of putting on a hell of a show so they have a great 20-25 minute uh, indie style match but uh, alas Del Rio falls to the go to sleep and Punk closes the show holding the WWE Championship high above his head with the ROH logo in the background um, so at this point Vince McMahon's not happy uh, he, he chastises Del Rio the next night on Raw for blowing the opportunity to become a WWE legend. Um, ROH TV has begun, and now CM Punk is featuring week after week holding the WWE title and defending it against the likes of Roddy Strong and Adam Cole, um, You know, people who at the time were never thought to be WWE caliber um, due to their size. Uh, so Vince starts you know, clutching at straws. He He's sending superstar after superstar to ROH shows to take the WWE title off Punk. He sends, he sends Big Show, he sends Batista, he sends Kane, he sends Miz. Why not Miz? Um, basically, I say uh, why not Miz. I'll say I, exactly Miz. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, but basically a whole host of guys who are you know, anti-indie, who are very much classed as you know wwe guys rather than indie darlings so um unfortunately for vince um all of them become overpowered by the hugely passionate roh roster at the time and they're unable to do um mr mcmahon's bidding for them and bring the championship home so soon mcmahon realizes that he has to fight fire with fire if you want to beat an indie darling you've got to be in the indie darling so my question to you, who do you think is the best choice for that on the WWE roster at the moment? So, which wrestler in WWE, which wrestler does WWE have at its disposal in 2011 who is synonymous with the indies and who could believably slot right back into his former role at Ring of Honor? Well, I think you've given enough clues with uh, that question there, Bryce, to really give away... <laughs> Uh, the answer is uh, it's a young man that we've already name dropped not that long ago, uh, Brian Danielson, or should we call him Daniel Bryan? Daniel fucking Bryan, you're you're absolutely right. Daniel Bryan, who holds a SmackDown Money in the Bank contract, um, so sure that's a shot for the world title, uh, but you know Vince is clutching at straws here, so he's happy to bend the rules slightly. We're now well into October at this stage and ROH's TV ratings are going up and up every week with the amount of attention Punk's getting them. Uh, Vince McMahon assures Punk that you know, since the WWE Championship is owned by him, uh, he can allow anyone he wants to fight for it. And he'll let Daniel Bryan do just that. So 
a heel Daniel Bryan walks out in Monday Night Raw and he cuts a passionate promo on Punk and Ring of Honor. So he says, what did Ring of Honor ever do for me? I spent years in Ring of Honor. I gave that company everything I had. I lost my damn eyesight in a match against Takeshi Morishima. And for what? A $100 paycheck to offset the medical bills, which are never covered by in full by the company. To go from what is apparently best of the indies and to make my debut in WWE in a stupid game show like NXT. I'm sick of hearing about ROH. I'm sick of being regarded as one of the best to come from there because that's like saying I'm the nicest looking corpse in the mortuary. <laughs> I am not Brian Danielson. I am Daniel Bryan, a WWE guy through and through, and nothing will ever change that. CM Punk, I'll be coming to that cesspit next week, and we're going to have a match. So, yeah, massive heel heat for um, Daniel Bryan. Plenty of booze from the fans. And then we have it. So on Ring of Honor television, CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan, not Brian Danielson. They go for a they go to a sixty minute draw on the show. Uh, Meltzer gives it like eight stars or something. The internet <laughs> raves about how it's the best match of all time, but the only drawback is that there's no winner. Uh, it was a draw, a sixty minute draw. Hence, CM Punk still WWE champions. So then we get to November. WWE has been at war with Ring of Honor for four months now, and despite throwing everything he can at it. Vince can't seem to win back his WWE Championship. He's had enough, and in true McMahon fashion, he wants to have that one more shot and risk it all. He's accepted that one WWE guy cannot beat CM Punk. Well, Punk has a kind of home advantage at Ring of Honor, so how about five WWE guys? Survivor Series 2011. Ten years after the infamous WWE versus WCW slash ECW Survivor Series elimination match, they're going to do it all over again, but this time it's WWE versus ROH. There's five WWE guys, there's five ROH guys, last man standing wins. So there are, of course, terms to the match. Uh, if Team ROH win, Vince McMahon must accept that the WWE title is no longer his and that the championship and all of its years of prestige belong to CM Punk. If Team WWE win, Punk must return the WWE title to Vince and end this whole affair and just let you know ROH get on with their business. Uh, so here's the teams that get announced a few weeks before Survivor Series. So we've got Team ROH, it's led by CM Punk obviously, who chooses Kevin Steen, El Generico and the Kings of Wrestling to be on his team. So Castagnoli and Hero um, to join in the fight against WWE. For Team WWE, we have Daniel Bryan leading a team of Alberto Del Rio, The Big Show, Batista, and the returning John Cena, who Vince McMahon rehires in an effort to put everything he has into this match. He can't afford to lose this. That WWE Championship dates all the way back to the WWWF in 1963. What would he do with himself if he lost that to a bunch of indie schmucks? You know, the kind of indie promotion that he would have destroyed in the 80s. Anyway, in the lead up to Survivor Series, a lot of things are happening. So, first of all, Daniel Bryan is starting to show subtle signs of regret and conflict. So, the 60-minute draw he had with CM Punk in ROH caused the memories to flood back to him. Uh, and though on the surface, when you know around his team, he seems extremely anti-ROH, the cameras catch him every now and then watching his old ROH matches or, or liking ROH-based tweets, um, you know, even going as far as to wear his 
old Ring of Honor gear to matches in the weeks leading up to Survivor Series. There's a huge question mark hanging over his head on whether he is truly loyal to WWE and you know if he can lead a team filled with established sports entertainers like you know Del Rio, Cena, Big Show, and Batista. Um, also in the lead up, we start to learn more about the other characters associated in this match. Most of all, Kevin Steen, who is actually you know e- acting equally as suspicious. Hidden camera footage shows him hanging around WWE superstars and even coming out of Vince McMahon's uh, office, uh, you know, with a smile on his face. Footage starts to play of interviews he took part in pre-ROH during his ROH days, where he makes it clear that his ultimate goal was always to be a WWE superstar and nothing would ever stand in his way. So CM Punk is suspicious, and rightfully so. He worries that Steen will turn on them and, and ruin everything he's helped build with Ring of Honor. So using his better judgment, he replaces Kevin Steen on Team Ring of Honor with his good friend, Colt Cabana, the week before Survivor Series. Steen is furious and vows to get revenge on CM Punk for embarrassing him in such a such a public manner. So, yeah, so here we are. We're at Survivor Series. Uh, this is it. This is this is the this is the climax of the feud. So, WWE Survivor Series emanates from Madison Square Garden on the undercard, much like Invasion 2001 or Survivor Series 2001. We, we can have various matches between you know WWE guys and ROH guys who are not in the main event. So we could have matches like Christian versus Roderick Strong, or we can have. The Young Bucks versus Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. We can have Adam Cole, baby, uh, versus Randy Orton. We can have Wade Barrett versus Jay Lethal. There, there's endless possibilities there um, for dream matches that could have occurred back then. Anyway, these matches take place, and then it's time for your main event, Survivor Series 5-on-5 five five elimination match. So your, your teams again are uh, Team ROH with CM Punk, Colt Cabana, El Generico, Claudio Castagnoli, and Chris Hero, and Team WWE with Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Alberto Del Rio, Batista, and The Big Show. What are you making of this so far? I gotta say, you pulled out some like very interesting stuff. I am intrigued about the Survivor Series thing. Like that was a good move, and then while you said that, I was thinking one of the. <laughs> I was thinking after you named that team, I'm like it would be a good angle if one of those guys turned to the WWE, and then I was like the guy I would imagine doing that would be Kevin Steen, and then that's exactly <laughs> what you fucking said, and I'm like, well there you go, me and Bryce are in the same, we're in the same wave, like but I, I okay. yeah do I gotta say like these are this is making sense, you know I can I can dig it. Yeah. I'm on board. And I've not even mentioned the Raw General Manager once. Let me just clarify something real quick. Yeah. So, uh, Survivor Series match, two yes. sides, two two boysies. Yes. Um, fighting for the gold. If Punk's team wins, Punk is still the champion. Yes. And he gets to keep the belt in Ring of Honor. Um, and if uh, Daniel Bryan's team wins, Punk uh, returns the belt. So yes. it would be vacated. Yes, he returns about to WWE, and that's it. He's he's gone. He's gone from WWE forever, and WWE get their championship back. Could could Vince McMahon have not vacated the belt himself at some point? Ah, but that's the thing. So he's a. Uh, so remember earlier on, he was goaded by Punk. He was uh, essentially called out by Punk, saying, uh, "Oh, all all you can, all you do is throw money at things, and they go away. You know, throw your money at the problems, and they go away." So Vince is determined to win this belt back himself. 
Okay. Uh, he he wants the champ. He doesn't want to just buy the championship back and say, "Oh, it's vacated and forget all about it." He wants to get one over on the guy who screwed him over um, mm-hmm. by taking his okay. WWE Championship to another promotion. So that's that that's the, that's the mentality going into this. So, um, okay. so the match itself, the match is crazy and everything uh, everyone expects from it. So eliminations occur every five minutes or so. And halfway through the match, the emotion starts to get very real. So things fall down to Team ROH with two men, uh, CM Punk and El Generico, and Team WWE with three men. So Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Alberto Del Rio. Uh, At this particular moment in the match, uh, it's three healthy men versus two heavily injured men because CM Punk and El Generico are selling a beatdown from the recently eliminated Batista and Big Show, who have, um, you know, attacked CM Punk and El Generico and also taken out the referee. Alberto Del Rio tags himself in at the match to take on a wounded El Generico who can barely even stand at this point. He pulls Generico up to his knees and readies himself to hit him with the, the super kick of all super kicks. But then, to everyone's surprise, Kevin Steen rolls into the ring and takes a bullet for his long-time nemesis, El Generico. The superkick connects him with his tempo and knocking him out. This is enough for Alberto Del Rio to stand in shock for a moment, which is enough time for El Generico to roll him up in a schoolboy pin as the referee com- comes to and gets the 1-2-3. Alberto Del Rio's out of there. Vince McMahon is now at ringside and he has his head in his hands. He is in genuine disbelief that Steen decided to do that. He was, you know, he was grooming Steen to to turn on ROH, not on WWE. He clutches the WWE Championship close to his chest, fearful that he may genuinely be losing it for good. John Cena, to thunderous booze, doesn't waste any moments with entering the ring and hitting his attitude adjustment on an exhausted El Generico, eliminating him and hang, uh, bringing it down to two on one. But then, also not wasting a moment, CM Punk enters the ring within a second of Cena eliminating Generico. As Cena turns round, distracted, CM Punk pulls him into a go-to-sleep and pins him, just like he did at Money in the Bank. Now it's down to one apiece. We've got CM Punk in the ring, we've got Daniel Bryan. While CM Punk recovers from the beatdown he suffered moments ago from Big Show and Batista, as well as his burst of energy to kind of get Cena on his shoulders and hit him with the GCS and eliminate him, Daniel Bryan's up to no good. He's made his way to ringside and, and he has snatched the WWE Championship away from Vince McMahon. He rolls back into the ring with Punk struggling to get to his feet. Championship in hand, ready to strike Punk and end this feud in the most dastardly way possible. But then, the two former best friends lock eyes. The crowd, they're going wild in the background as, as CM Punk and Daniel Bryan just stare at each other. Uh, a pained expression is upon Daniel Bryan's face as he looks at Punk and then down at the WWE Championship and then back at Punk and then back at the t- title. Vince McMahon watches from the sidelines, speechless, no idea what's going to happen. To a roar of cheers, Daniel Bryan drops the WWE Championship to the floor. He opens up his arms, Punk gets to his feet and joins Daniel Bryan in the ring for a big, sweaty best friend hug. Vince is watching an abject horror at this point. How did it come to this? How did it come to two rented darlings being the difference between whether WWE keeps its most prestigious championship or not? The fans are cheering, the commentators are talking about what a moment this is, and that it's something that you know nobody's ever going to forget. And then it happens. In the middle of the hug, CM Punk knees Daniel Bryan square in the nuts, immediately in front of the referee. 
The referee looks on with a straight face and does absolutely nothing about it. Vincent Mann at ringside begins to smile. Daniel Bryan looks up at CM Punk, his eyes not even dry from the emotional moment that had only just occurred. Utterly baffled at what Punk just did, CM Punk brings Bryan up to his shoulders and delivers a GTS to thunderous boost from the live crowd. He pins Daniel Bryan in the middle of the ring. Team ROH win. But have they really? Because moments later, Vince McMahon joins CM Punk in the middle of the ring and they hug it out. No shots to the nut this time. It's a genuine hug over the unconscious body of Daniel Bryan who's been knocked out from the GTS. CM Punk grabs the WWE Championship and despite the stipulation, hands it over to Vince McMahon. He gets in the microphone and reveals that he has been under WWE payroll the entire time in a ploy from Vince McMahon to prove that he will always rule and it will always be one step one step ahead of the wrestling business. And now, because Vince McMahon, because of Vince McMahon acting as a puppet master for the entire ROH involvement, WWE has the most eyes on it since the Attitude Era. Ratings are sky high, nobody has been disinvested in the company in years, and to cap it all off, Vince reveals that he has invested in Ring of Honor. He now owns a percentage of Ring of Honor, which means he owns the contracts of every Ring of Honor wrestler and he can do whatever the hell he wants with them. As CM Punk smirks in the background, Vince is rattling off names in the ROH roster in what he plans to do with them. You know, Claudio Castagnoli, that's too much of a mouthful. How about I call you Cesaro? <laughs> uh, El Generico, we've already got a masked luchador in our roster. He's called Rey Mysterio. Let's take your mask off. You won't be needing it here. Cole Cabana, you're not WWE material and you never will be. I don't need you on my roster. Um, Punk's then given a microphone and he starts laying into the fans. Uh, you know, all comes full circle. A, a few months ago, he was leaving WWE. There was a chance the fans would never see him again. And despite it, he was still booed. Uh, it was only until he dropped the pipe bomb on the company that they started cheering for him like the pathetic sheep they are, following whatever zeitgeist they can find. Punk throws his loyalty to the WWE. He shows up in Raw the next night wearing a suit um, where Vince McMahon declares him the official WWE champion. And that's when one of the longest WWE title reigns in history begins. Punk goes on to become the greatest heel in wrestling history. How long does Punk hold the title for? Who defeats him in the end? What happens to the rest of the ROH guys that Vince didn't already have plans for? I'll leave that for you to decide. What do you think? Oh, I got to tell you, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the heck out of that. I really liked the twist at the end. I mean, it's the kind of thing I should have seen coming, but I really enjoyed because you can see it. You can see Vince McMahon going, it was me all along. I did this. I I wouldn't be stupid enough to let Punk run away with my championship. Of course, I knew what I was doing. Like, all of that makes sense. It would have been sweet. Like, it would have been a really cool thing to see live. Like, and then that could just builds up, you know, Daniel Bryan is like the the fierce, mm. the chase after Punk. Like, that's good, man. I gotta I gotta give you props for that one. Well played. <laughs> it's very much a it's me Austin uh, kind yeah. of a, kind of a reveal, but I mean, yeah. it, it, I think it makes sense in the end. And uh, you know, a disclaimer again, this never happened, obviously. And you know, what? It's, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in reality, like, Punk lost the belt and like fucking. <laughs> Three weeks or something, some fucking something, something, something like fucking that. Yeah, I can't, I can't quite remember. But I mean, it was it was a load of bullshit, basically. But <laughs> totally, I think just like fucking Triple H screwed him over, then Del Rio cashed in, and then won the belt. 
but then Punk oh, fucking yeah. won the belt back anyway, and then began his record-setting run. So like, yeah, why? Yeah, that's, fucking... that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I was wondering if the, the I don't know if I see this. But I don't know if the, the title reign he won at Money in the Bank went into that year-long thing where he had Paul Heyman as manager and all of that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but no, I think you're right. He, he he lost to Del Rio and then he then won it back from somebody. Um, as far as I remember, he beat Del Rio for like a month or two later. Oh, really? So like, so like Punk was like champion in July. Uh, and then by, I think, maybe September or October, he was champion again. So like that's when his, you know, 400 day reign began when it should have fucking happened in July or June, you know, mm. whenever it was July. When was Money in the Bank July? Uh, June. June 17th. June, yes. No, sorry, July 17th. No, you're right. July, you're right, yeah. So it, it should have happened in July, but instead they fucked around for like a month or two with Del Rio and then just gave the belt back to Punk. Like, what the fuck was that about? That's it. It's, it makes no sense. So hopefully this storyline did. Um, and yeah, that, I had a lot of fun writing that. Um, that was. Uh, I had a lot of fun listening to it. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I got to <laughs> say, and this is not like hyperbole because we're recording the fucking show, but I'm like, <laughs> As a first episode, that's fucking good. Ah, uh, it will do. <laughs> really it will good. do. We, we've got a lot more where that came from. That's the you thing. Guys, you guys are lucky to listen to this podcast because that was a that was a fucking trip, man. That was great. Oh, you. Ah, shuck. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> next week it's you, mate. You're you're on next week, and you know. Listen, um... man, I don't want to spoil anything, but mine is not going to be that good. <laughs> <laughs> is it about viscera? I'm going to have to come up, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to have to come up with like a shit ton of twists because mine doesn't have any twists. Again, I don't want to spoil it. You'll find out next week, but uh, yeah. now I'm going to have to up, you can me up my own game. You know that? You're a tricky trickster. Speaking of games, let's play a game. Let's play a game. So we've got this thing uh, just to kind of end off the episode. So at the moment, it's kind of pilot episode name is Kayfabe Tombola. Um that's not a very good name. We, um, <laughs> we, we, we're probably going to change that. But here, here's what we do. So we're going to be doing this at the end of every show for a little bit of a bonus kind of bonus bit. Um, the idea is that the person, the person who isn't hosting the episode has their kayfabe capabilities put to the test. The host will give that person four names and four situations, randomly numbered one to four and A to B, A, A to D, sorry. Um, <laughs> four things, A to B. Um, I'm doing a great job explaining this. So the, the co-host basically has to choose a number and letter combination. So for example, 4A or 2C or 1D or whatever, uh, and come up with a great storyline for that situation. But here's a catch. You've got to do it in 30 seconds. The timer's going to be running. So it may be hit or miss. Um, most likely it's going to be miss. But hey, we're, we're not actually pro wrestling bookers. And we, you know, we're just pretending yeah, to be. Yeah, just for fun. Uh, just for Here, funsies. Here's the thing. Do you want me to pick like, you know, a number and a letter first? And then you give me what the, the two characters are. I give you the scenario. And then afterwards, you can tell me what my other choices could have been. Uh, I tell you, I'll give you the names first, and I'll give you the names and the situations first, and then we can kind of figure out what you could have had after that. So, um, okay. so yeah, so you're um, you're uh, it's your shot this week because I've hosted the episodes. So, so the four names I have for you, so and in, in no particular order at all. So I've got different numbers next to their, their names at the moment. So in no particular order, I've got Viscera. <laughs> of course, of course, you have Viscera, <laughs> the best in the world. Uh, I've got Kane. Yeah. I've got Abyss. Okay. And I've got Trish Stratus. 
Okay, all four super heavyweights. All right. Super heavyweights, yeah, exactly. Mo- monster, monsters. Monster heels, uh, yeah. Monster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for the situations, we have, and again, in no particular order. Yes. Situation one is the manager of WWE champion Spike Dudley. situation two is revealed to be the bastard son or daughter of vince mcmahon Mm -hmm. situation three cuts their own pipe bomb promo in wwe but why situation four ends the undertaker's undefeated wrestlemania streak cool i got one little question i want to just go for it the the one about um the manager of spike dudley the champion right Yes. I don't. Ha- I don't have to explain why Spike Dudley is a champion, do I? Not at all. No. Okay. Good. Because I only got thirty that. seconds, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. But so to those of you who are listening, um, feel free to play along at home and let us know what storyline you came up with for your choice. But for now, Dylan, give me a number one to four and a letter A to D. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick, uh, one. And B. One B. <laughs> so you've got Trish Stratus. Uh-oh. Ends oh. The Undertaker's undefeated WrestleMania streak. <laughs> <laughs> That's All the right. one I wanted. Do you remember that? We were talking whenever we were talking about this. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I picked that? Holy shit, dude. Legitimately, Trish is one and, and Undertaker's streak is B. So I mean yeah, so, I mean, here we go. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. All right, Trish Stratus says that she's actually the big dog in the yard and Undertaker isn't squat because Undertaker says he is. So Trish is like, listen, man, you think you're the big dog. You've never beat me. Undertaker reluctantly has to agree. And then Trish says, because you've never beat me, why don't we put both our undefeated streaks on the line? Technically, I don't know if Trish has lost the WrestleMania. That's irrelevant. So she says, listen, Undertaker... I, you think you're the big man? Let's see who the big man really is. It's me. I'm the man. Trish did this before uh, Becky Lynch did. So she makes a match. At Time up. Oh, shit. That was a quick That's 30 seconds. seconds? Yeah, maybe, maybe we should make it a minute. Right, do you want to give me another 30 seconds? Yeah, go for it. Why not? You go. started? Yep. Oh, shit. All right, so they have their match at WrestleMania. Like, here we go. Undertaker's like, I ain't sweating this. It's only fucking Trish Stratus. What's she going to do? So they have this match, right? Trish is like, I got to fight Undertaker. He's like seven feet tall. Undertaker's like, I'll just break your legs. Match, uh, right before the match starts, uh, Trish Stratus kicks Undertaker in the dick. (laughs) They ring the bell. She goes, pins Undertaker. One, two, three. That's it. Because everybody knows Undertaker's weakness is being kicked in the dick. She wins. She breaks Undertaker's streak. And she continues to claim that Undertaker has never beaten her, which is true fact time up that's fucking marvelous <laughs> that was pretty uh, good i like that all, all perfectly logical as well i mean i'm just thinking one weakness is the dick it's seriously um, if you yeah. go back and watch like loads of other matches kick him in the dick yeah it's this that's weakness it. that's it do, do you know to be honest like seeing like things like no disqualification matches and matches where there's no rules like why doesn't why why doesn't someone just go up and go just straight for punch, the dick kick punch the guy in the dick just right again and again and again and again he, <laughs> he's, oh, he's, he's gonna submit like yeah the guy's gonna, gonna win the match up. in seconds that's like. that's ray mysterio's submission move <laughs> just <laughs> the kick the guy flurry. in the dick till he gives up <laughs> it's like constant rochambeau <laughs> oh god 
That was fun. I like that. That was really good. I think we'll do a minute from now on, maybe. Yeah, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I was thinking that when you were talking about it, like 30 seconds is not enough time at all. So um, it's going to be a minute from now on. So um, Coincidentally, a minute was just about how long it took Trish Stratus to beat The Undertaker. After a quick dick kick. After a kick to the dick, man. And she's got like... Oh, the- man. Is, is Trish Stratus' finisher not called the chick kick? Uh, it should be the dick kick. Am I That's right, fellas? <laughs> But she's got like she's wearing pointy shoes as well, like real like you oh, wouldn't yeah. think she's gonna rest on those shoes, and she like she plants it like right in the deck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like squarely between it. the two balls. You know what I'm talking? Right between, like just right, right <laughs> splits yeah. in half. You know? <laughs> and then yeah, not Brock Lesnar. It was Trish Stratus who defeated Undertaker at WrestleMania. So there you go. Um, wow, that was that was a lot of fun. It should Quite be a trip. A- that was Quite a hell of a trip. trip. Um, mm-hmm. Should we uh, should we close the book on episode one of Making Kayfabe? I think so. I think we did a great job. I don't want to toot our own horns, but we fucking killed it. Yes, for for first episode, it's pretty damn good. So we nailed it. Um, yeah. So listen, I've got some plug. We don't really have a whole lot to plug. Um, <laughs> that this is episode one, but yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed the show, um, please follow us. And um, we're at Making Kayfabe on Twitter. Um, we're, we're trying to build something good here and we're, we're both fully dedicated to bringing you great content week after week um, you know trust me we ain't stopping here we've got a hell of a lot of stories to go through um, you know the, the list that me and Dylan are making gets longer and longer and longer so on that note as well um, if you have any ideas uh, you'd like to be featured on the show uh, or if you have any feedback in itself you can also email us uh, it's makingkfabe at gmail.com rate us on iTunes give us a cheeky five stars on there uh, tell your friends about us tweet the shit out of us um, let us know if you enjoyed the episode and uh, most importantly keep it kayfabe my friends also tweet at the Undertaker and tell him to be a scared of Trish Stratus <laughs> <laughs> Trish and he'll Stratus. know what it means. He'll know what it means. He, 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 she's coming for you. Right? <laughs> she's coming. But yeah. So until then, um, you know that's uh, it's been. I've been Bryce. Um, this has been Dylan, and we'll see you next time. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Adios.